Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I have Graciela A. Razor here with me. Graciela is a writer, artist, and human design reader, a certified personality test and wellness junkie. Graciela found her calling in human design, also known as the study of the aura. Through her readings, creations, and workshops, she helps people get to know their soul's authentic essence and identify their gifts to create a life of harmony, fulfillment, and flow. Graciela, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Oh, I'm I'm very excited too. This is something that I'm I'm so curious about. And the funny thing is the the way that we got connected was through um Alyssa, Life by Alyssa on Instagram. I had interviewed her for the podcast and um, I saw, I don't know, somebody commented on something, like I think you commented on one of her things. And it was funny because when I saw that you like human design is what you do, at the time, my wife, Jesse and I had just gone through a human design thing that um, somebody was like giving out for free. So we did this little um, it's a little like online course on it and it was super informative and interesting. Jesse absolutely fell in love with it. She's like, this stuff is amazing. It just is like speaking to me. And I just, you know, I like to share this stuff very openly and honestly for me, like super woo woo. And, and this is like something that I'm like, like stepping into, recently and just like getting a lot more curious about honestly um in the past been very very judgmental about woo woo stuff anything that you know that can be such a a large like umbrella term um but anything that felt that way to me i was just like oh that's stupid i was like it's not based on science and this and that and um i've changed my tune quite a bit in the past couple years but So it was just funny because it was like an intro into this stuff to me and I could see why it was so powerful. And even just observing Jesse's experience with it was really, really interesting because it spoke to her so much. Um, So I absolutely saw the power of it immediately. And then um, beautiful timing because I ran into you and I was like, oh, I've got to have her on the pod because this is just so, so interesting. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I honestly, I hear you. And 
I think a lot of people are kind of waking up to how powerful these like practices that are a little more spiritual can be in our lives when we like really open ourselves up to them and let them in. Um, I myself was someone who was raised um, a little more spiritual, definitely not a church going family, um, but not someone that grew up like in a cult either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm from California, if you couldn't guess. And um, I kind of let that part of myself just die down. As I got older, I moved to the East Coast. It didn't fit in with kind of like the life I expected to live as an adult. It took all this extra time, like who has time for finding themselves. Um, And I let it fall away. And then in the past few years, I really, really have picked it up again. And I'm really sensing that just in the collective, people are hungry for work like this. They're hungry to get to know themselves. They're excited to make time for these practices that actually make them feel better. And so I was so so excited when you reached out and particularly because you're a guy. Um, I do not, as you can guess, get many guys DMing me. Um, It's mostly women, but honestly, this work is for everyone to get to know themselves. And it honestly warms my heart um, that there are men who want to do it too. Yeah, thanks for sharing all that. And you're so right. It's funny because that like that thought kind of crossed my mind when I reached out. But it's it's very true. Like even for me, I've always been more in touch with my feminine side than most guys. Um like even growing up, I related more to to females. I had a lot of female friends, um and so that's been good in it in many ways, but it's also been kind of interesting and strange along the way. But as I've matured and grown older and like really accepted that and stepped into that, I think it's really provided me a lot of perspective on um, the kind of the things that guys feel shame around for me. I feel shame in a different, you know, I've felt shame in the past in a different way <laughs> because of being more in touch with my feminine side. Um, but I was very connected with those things. Um, so this is just kind of a long winded way of saying that I, I totally felt that, but I love that you're interested in it. And I think too, you know, part of my work going forward is going to be just kind of like making this stuff a little bit more acceptable and approachable and that it's like okay to have kind of like you were saying like step into the spiritual side of things a little bit um it seems like there's so much fear and again i'm speaking more specifically from a guy's point of view but like there is so much more like stigma around that and um just like yeah the, the very feminine energy of it so anyways we can we can get a little bit more into the details there as we go but I'm curious for you, like as your your life kind of continued, you'd mentioned, <laughs> I wrote down this question. Um, you said, who has the time for finding themselves? And I love that and I hate it at the same time <laughs> because this is something that I feel is like the pervasive like thing in our society. I'm just like, who has time for that? I've got to work. I've got to, got to push. I got to make it to the next level. Um, 
so I'm curious for you, what, like, how does that relate to your journey and, and kind of like how you got to where you are? I love that you picked up on that. I, I like to joke about this stuff. Like, let's make it light. Um, but honestly, who does have time for that in the world that we live in today? Um, I know that I really didn't. Um, I, you know, kind of did the college thing um, and went into corporate right away. Um, and I know you have, you know, your own experience with corporate. Um, and for me, there just wasn't any time for myself in that. And I will say, as far as corporate work, like there is no right way to be. Um, when I work with people, like that's kind of what I love about the work I do. I can see that if we're all living out our passions, there are plenty of great fits for everyone as far as work. And a lot of that does include corporate. Um, but one thing I will say about working in corporate is that regardless of if it's a good long-term fit, there are some things that really, really need to change right now. And, you know, not having time for yourself is one of those things. Um, in my mind, we really need to bring like the humanity back into it. You know, people need permission to actually take a mental health day. I think we've gotten really good about pretending that people can take mental health days, but I would just ask anyone listening, like when was the last time that you actually took a mental health day and you were upfront about it? And you said, I don't want to go to work today because I'm just really sad. Um, I'm doubting you've never yeah. said that. I know I've never yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. And count those, those number of days, uh, uh no hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know, we get into this habit of holding each other to such high standards because that's what we're used to. Um, and we don't step back and, and say, wait, I don't know that working 10 or 12 hour days every single day is like good for my health in the long term or good for my mental health, um, for that matter. And at the end of the day, I think what we really need is permission to just like be our whole selves at work. Um, even if that means we go through some sort of like collective discomfort as we get there. Uh, which I believe we will, because I think a lot of people are calling for this right now. A lot of people are calling for that humanity in their work, regardless of what it is. Um, so when I work with people in corporate and, you know, I'm advising them on kind of like their purpose, my advice almost is never to just like quit your job immediately. It's usually just to bring more of your true self into it. So all that to say, corporate didn't work out for me. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't work out for many, many people listening. And there's value in it, right? There's value in everything. It's just about how we show up, how we're treated, and like how we teach people to treat us in those scenarios. Yeah, it's beautifully said because I do believe that the vast majority of people that is still kind of the right fit for them. Whereas for somebody like you or me, it just wasn't and, and, you know, will never be. <laughs> um, but understanding that we are still the, the minority of people, um, most people are still going to fall into, into that. And, and yeah, I like, you're so right about the shifts that need to be made. And I love how you said that 
it really starts with bringing the humanity back into things because that's truly it. Like we, we look at the, the, the work day, the work week and the way it's structured is, is so outdated, but as a society and as a whole, we just tend to, to hold on to these things and, and we run with it because that's just the way it is. And we build off of that instead of taking a step back and being like, Hey, let's rethink this thing. Even, I mean, even innovative companies, newer companies that are startups and that are doing a lot more flexible type of um, work and structure while that is like definitely a step in the right direction. And I've, I've seen it firsthand with my wife, with the company that she works for the, you know, like having, not having a set number of days off, like not having, you know, you get 10 days off a year or whatever, like not having that. I mean, it just creates this whole new level of ease really. And you find too, that like, she doesn't take as many days off because she doesn't feel like so pressured. (laughs) Um, But truly it's like, that's what it comes back to is how do we find the, the humanity in it? And really, I mean, that can, we can really like zoom all the way out and and say that that's really kind of where we're at as, as a human collective right now, really, I think is bringing the humanity back into everything. Um, But based on what you're talking about and even what I'm saying there is like the situation that we're currently in, I feel like is a, a pretty beautiful opportunity <laughs> for us to do that. Um, it, it feels scary and there's a lot of sadness and, and stuff within COVID, but the, the bright side is that we have this opportunity to do what I was saying, like step back and be like, Oh, we have an opening now. We have ways to rethink things. You know, zoom is like becoming a norm, like virtual meetings, people working, um, you know, working from home and all this stuff. So super interesting. Um, but to bring it back to you and kind of your background, where you came from, what parts of corporate do you, you not like so much? Okay. So we talked a little bit about that, I guess, but anything you want to add on, add on to that? And what are the parts that you think do work well for people? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I'll be honest, when I was working in corporate and listening to podcasts, I'm a huge podcast junkie. The number one thing that would annoy me is to hear people say, well, you can't be happy until you leave your corporate job and become an entrepreneur. And there's no other way to success. You just have uh, to do yeah. that. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm sitting at my desk in my gray cubicle and that's not happening for me right now. So can you give me some other helpful advice, please? Um, (laughs) so that's why I always just like to kind of throw that caveat out there. There is a way to be happy and thrive in whatever situation you're in. Um, if you're lucky enough to have privilege like you and I do, um, what I like about corporate, I'll start with that. I loved working with a team. I loved the opportunity to have a built in learning structure. Um, I don't know about you, but I didn't actually learn most of what I needed to learn to operate in the work world in college. Mm -hmm. So I really relied on those mentors um, to help me 
honestly, to just help me be um, and to lead me down a path of success once I started working full time. I needed someone to help me write an email. And that was for years. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's, that's priceless to be able to just have, have those mentors built into your day that you can go to to ask for help. And now if I want a mentor, I kind of have to pay someone to be my mentor. Um, so yeah. that's a little bit of a different structure than, you know, than you come up with in the corporate world. And I just think it was such a valuable place for me to start. Um, what I don't like so much is kind of what I said. You have mm-hmm. to show up as someone that you're not a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, my corporate work, which I still do as a consultant from time to time, um, gets the best of me. But sometimes it's hard to bring your best self to the table every single day. Um, you don't want to be the person who is crying in the meeting. Um, <laughs> which I've never cried in a meeting. I'd always go to the bathroom and cry. Right. Like I'm sure many of us do. <laughs> um, and you know, you don't want to be the person who's like bumming people out or the person who is tired because your kids were up late and then, you know, you slogged into work and you're tired. Um, but those are all very human things. And again, like, I just don't think work allows for us to be human, Thinking back to what we said about this time that we're in and kind of the different working structures that are emerging, I actually, I have a friend who her company is not lenient with work from home Mm. at all. Uh, Of course, they have been forced during this time to let everyone work from home. And she's the kind of person who like tracks her steps and wears her little Fitbit all the time. And what she's noticed is that her stress levels since she's been working from home every day are about a third of what they were according to the Fitbit um, from when she was working in the office. And that just kind of tells you everything that you need to know, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can't force everyone to work under the same conditions. We're all very, very different people. Um, In the work I do, that's basically all I see is the uniqueness of us as humans. And it's very, very challenging for a lot of us to fit ourselves into the existing structures that we have. Yeah, I love that point, because that's, that's truly it. And it's like, I think the kind of the way things are set up, treats us as um, like, robots, so to speak. Uh, And truly, Again, we go back to like where the system came from, came out of the industrial age when it's like we, we were robots. We were just on an assembly line and and playing that part, whereas things have shifted so much. And like you said, too, so much of this is because of privilege. So, you know, we have that to be absolutely grateful for. But I, I, I still think that we haven't really found a way to encourage and teach people to step into their uniqueness. And that's something that I see in my work as well. And I think this is where, you know, we've both been able to see these things and and truly (laughs) how it can change somebody's life when they realize that they are unique, but not only that, 
their gifts and their talents and the things that they have to offer lie in that. Like that, you know, that's kind of the namesake of the podcast, why the world needs you. We all, we all have something, right? We all have something that makes us who we are and nobody else is exactly the same. Nobody can do it the same way that we can. So I, I want to hit both sides of this. I, I've, I want to get to like where human design comes into this. But before we get that, I want to talk about back to you and back to the finding yourself question, talking about being unique. How did you really come about those things and, and realize that there was kind of more for you than, um, than what you got into initially? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And I love what you said about gifts. And I'm going to circle back to that because that is just the entirety of what I do in human design. But as far as my story, um, I had worked in corporate for about five years, six years. Um, God, time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I felt a little lost. Who in their late 20s hasn't felt a little lost, you know, living in New York City, working in corporate. Um, And I came across human design, which I had never heard of. I'm guessing a lot of people who are listening haven't heard of it either. It's kind of, it's having a moment, but it's at the very, very beginning of its moment. Mm -hmm. And I heard about it on a podcast. Of course, as I said, I'm a podcast junkie. And I heard a woman telling me, that there was a way I could find out who I truly was at my core um, under all the BS that I had picked up in the world. And all I needed to do was plug my birth time, date, and place into a natal chart calculator. Um, And something about it spoke to me. I think it was the call to authenticity that she was really putting it out there. Um, and I pulled out my phone and frantically typed in, you know, birth time, place, date, and pulled up this chart. It looked crazy. Um, if anyone, if anyone wants to go look into their chart after this podcast, please DM me, but know that you're going to pull up something that looks absolutely (laughs) absurd. (laughs) Um, but it felt important. I was looking at these symbols, numbers, letters, words that didn't make sense to me, but I knew that there was something to this. So I kind of continued to study it um, just on the side, as I said, who has time to find themselves. So didn't really make a bunch of time for it, Um, but it it continued to be in the back of my mind as an interest um, for about a year. And then in May, 2019, so about a year ago, um, my dad passed away. Um, It wasn't unexpected. He had had cancer for quite some time. So we were prepared, but can you ever really be prepared for something like that? And it was just, as you would expect, a totally life-altering experience. Um, I'm not a risk taker. I am not, (laughs) if you ask anyone that that's not me, but it really drove home for me the point that life is short. Um, and it's hard to really live that and live your truth without having a life altering experience. Although my hope is that, you know, I'm, I'm helping people wake back up to that through the work I do and they don't need to have a life altering experience to start 
getting back to who they really are. But for me, that's what it was. And, um, you know, what better way to embody life is short than quitting your full-time job and pursuing human design. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, went into the process of diving deeper into it, getting certified, started reading charts for my family and friends, um, freelancing, and just doing what felt right. Um, Getting back to my creative side, I was someone who um, painted, drew, sculpted their entire life. That was really, really important to me. Uh, And I kind of let that fall away too as an adult. Um, Didn't paint for about five years, which if you asked me 10 years ago, would that have happened? I would have said never in a million years. Mm. Um, So really just started getting back to that side of myself and realizing that I wanted to help other people get back to that side of themselves too, because we really, we're not lost. We, we drift away from ourselves, but we're never lost. Like who you are, your highest self, who you're truly meant to be with all your gifts and powers is always inside of you. It's just waiting for you to come back to it. Mm. Oh, so good. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so with you there, I think it's, it's, you, you said it well in that it's really hard to kind of come back to that true self without having a really life altering experience. And it really, I mean, obviously there's so much pain to go with these things. Um, you're, you're not the first person on the podcast that's lost somebody. A lot of people that is, a really big turning point for them. For me, I had two major bouts of health issues over the past seven years. And both of those were their very own turning points for me. The last one being um, not even a full two years ago. And I think it really does just shift us in such a way to truly just valuing life. And the beautiful thing that it is. And I think this connects really well to the who has time to find themselves. And then even like you talked about with your, with your art, who has time for art. I think that like, that's what I see as kind of our struggle that that's the thing that's kind of in between who we really are. Like you said, it's always there. It's not that we don't have that, that part of us, is always there, but we kind of build on these layers of, I need to do this. I should do this. I don't have time for that. That's not, you know, that's not furthering me in my career. That's not bringing me in more money. That's not getting me more status. That's not getting me there. Like always, you know, we're always thinking ahead. Um, We struggle so much being in the moment and it's really easy to distance ourselves from ourselves when we don't allow the time and space for that. One of the things that you and I really connected on was the whole idea of permission giving. We talked about this and you, you kind of already um, like went down that path a little bit as we've been talking here, but it's like really permission to, come back and be yourself. And so 
I feel like, you know, I see this in my work and, you know, I don't use human design, but I do so in a very, I, I kind of give people this permission in a very, very different way. But the concept is the same and the idea is the same. Like, how can we give ourselves permission to get back to ourselves? And how can, so this is to me kind of circumventing the whole, the, the, the feeling of I don't have time to find myself. This is almost that way to be like, well, you do. You don't, you don't really need time. You just need a little bit of energy. You just need a little bit of intention around doing that. So what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah. Yeah. That is a great point of connection for us. And you definitely don't need to study or even know about human design to give yourself permission or to help other people give themselves permission. I'm not here to give anyone permission. I'm just here to be an outside voice that kind of wakes people up and helps them realize that, oh, wait, I have the power to live authentically. Like, that's something that I don't need to find outside myself. You know, I'm, I'm not a psychic. Um, <laughs> I don't read tarot. Like, there's, there's nothing woo-woo about this when you really get down to what I'm doing. And of course, what you're doing too, you're just helping people to realize how powerful and special they really are. And I wanted to get back to what you said about helping people find their gifts, because Mm -hmm. that's a really big part of my work as well. Um, I think sometimes we're so good at ignoring our gifts. And I usually find there's two reasons that people do that. Um, First reason is that they've been taught that the gifts that they have is not valuable in society. Um, So maybe their gift is being really sensitive and being an empath and like feeling into what people need. And they've been taught that, that especially if they're a guy, they've been taught that like, what's the point of that? You can't make money off of it. Um, But of course we know that that's not true or you know, maybe they've fallen into like the starving artist mentality, like art is really important to them and others can see that they're gifted at it, but they can't allow themselves to see that they could be wildly prosperous, you know, by following their dreams and and truly going with the flow. Um, And so there are so many qualities that just as a society, we just downplay their importance, especially those like more feminine qualities. Um, So it can be I think particularly hard for women to acknowledge that they're special and gifted. Um, other thing I see is that people think that their gifts or their success requires a lot of struggle. Um, when in reality, you should kind of be doing the thing that you could do in your sleep. Uh, we've, we've really been taught that like, if you're not putting in the hard work and if it's not painful and you're not like, making immense sacrifice, then you don't deserve what, you know, to reap the benefits of your gifts. And that's just not true. That's such old thinking. And I think we're really waking up to the fact that our gifts are here because we're meant to use them. And that is meant to be easy. Oh, couldn't have said it any better myself. (laughs) It's, it is so ironic. And that's, really the thing that I've learned on my journey and 
just the idea that what you already possessed possess the the skills and the talents and just who you are if you can go all in on that you're going to be successful in some way and this isn't to say that we're all going to be millionaires based on what we do well and who we are right like that's not that's not what we're saying but the the point is that all of those things that we have those gifts and again this goes back to the podcast name is like the world needs that and they do and and it sounds kind of like i know for a lot of people are like oh like that's you know it might sound like kind of soft or fluffy or whatever but truly we all have something that somebody else values and i think that art is is such a great example of this because so I'm actually listening to um, Big Magic right now by Elizabeth Gilbert and she talks a lot she she has a point where you know she's a writer and she has a, a chapter about like art isn't essential we don't we don't need it you don't need art to run a society but we love it and people buy it and people pay for it and all, all those kinds of things and I thought that was such a beautiful way of describing it. And two, again, kind of coming back to the time that we're in now with all this stuff going on is we start to appreciate art a little bit more. We start to appreciate music, stories, all these things. Because at least to me, this comes back to being human, right? That that topic that we mentioned earlier. We as humans are emotional beings. We thrive on connection and art specifically creates that. Um, So I just like that as an example, because we do like what we have, if we were taught to really embrace that and were supported and encouraged along those lines when we were younger, just think of where we would be at by the time we'd get to college and, and we're trying to sit out in the world and create a living and, and all these things. The other thing that I think is important to mention around this is again, back to like outdated systems. Um, what I see is that we've created a system that is very, very linear and figuring out who you are or what you're gifted at what you do have to offer the world. That's not a linear path. (laughs) There's a lot of messy just experience within that. Like you have to live life in order to figure those things out. But we're kind of taught that there's this linear system. We can easily jump in there and we can be successful if we do that. So at least what I see is that people, and I, I was right there too, jump into that and be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. This makes sense. I can make money doing that. This is going to be the quickest, you know, the, the, the shortest path between two points is a line. I'm going to go do that. Um, and then the final point I want to mention, because I just thought of it as I said that along what you were saying about like how people kind of get stuck in this place where they're out of touch with themselves is, I've actually found 
with a lot of people that I work with is being really good at something else that isn't truly who they are. So that for, that was, and that was me, like, that was my story is that I was really good at math and science in high school. And so it led me into engineering and something that was very far from what my gifts are. And that's not saying like, that's not a bad thing either, but I I got enough from that experience that taught me about myself as well. But I see that with a lot of people is that because they're really good at something that isn't like truly who they are, who they can like the way that they can really, really express themselves. um, That can be really hard to, to get out of and let go of. Wow. I love that you say that. I totally relate to you on that one. And I'm sure a lot of people do as well. The mantra that I basically lived last year with um, was just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. Mm -hmm. And thinking that way changed my life. Um, It's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) There were plenty of things um, that I was good at that I just not that I didn't enjoy doing, but that were truly sucking the life out of me. Um, I believe, yeah, we all have to do things we don't want to do sometimes. That's what Mm -hmm. being a human is. But Mm -hmm. there's a difference between doing what you don't want to do and just feeling that something is so wrong for you. And when you're in that space, it's really hard to get out of it because usually if you're doing something you're really good at, the people you're doing it with want to keep you. Um, and the people who see you doing it and see you getting promotions and raises, they'll think you're crazy if you, if you step away from all that. Um, but I would really encourage anyone who that resonates with that mantra to kind of like take it and run with it and see where that gets you because you're so right about the nonlinear path. Um, and I chuckled because I think I know you're, you're a manifesting generator, right? Throwing yep. out a little human design term for you all. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of the number one thing about manifesting generators that they need to unlearn. Um, they're not people who are meant to follow a linear path at all. That is not their path to success or fulfillment. They're meant to pursue what they love. And so it just, it just made me laugh. Like you're such a living (laughs) example of that. And so many of us are taught to fit into that linear mold when really eh, maybe like half of us should be following a linear path, Uh, maybe less. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think, oh man, I just think that's such a um, kind of, this isn't to put the blame on anybody or anything or any system or anything like that, but it's like, just understanding, and this goes back to what you were saying about our uniqueness, understanding that we all are going to succeed and live life in drastically different ways. But we're almost all, I mean, I would say at least like 80% of us or three, a good three quarters of us are trying to fit into this very specific mold. And at least my, you know, my belief is that for those of us that that don't, obviously, we're the ones who feel kind of stuck and crazy and frustrated for, you know, potentially years, because it's just like, why, 
like, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I fit in the system? Why can't I just do this when everybody else is succeeding and I am good at these things. So like, why don't I just like it and, and take the paycheck and shut up? (laughs) So there's, I think there's just so much to be said for, as you mentioned earlier, understanding your uniqueness, understanding that there isn't necessarily a linear path for you. And I would just say that for the majority of people that are listening to this podcast, your path isn't linear. And the, the biggest thing that I see is that there's where the, it becomes really difficult to bridge the gap is because you weren't given the tools to live a nonlinear life. <laughs> We've only really been given a tool set to do that. So all the skills and strengths and things to live a nonlinear life, a life that I like to call, uh, so I'll throw out terms that I've really connected with and, and my journey are living a life of adventure compared to living a blueprint life. So many of us try to fit into the blueprint and it just doesn't work. Like we are meant to be adventurers. We're meant to live this other life, but we don't have the tools. We don't have the tools to get there. And so that's where I see a lot of the frustration. And I love that you connected and like heard what I was saying and connected it to my type. Um, By the way, Garciela is not a stalker. She knows that (laughs) she actually did a podcast with my wife, Jessie, who just absolutely loved her. And it was such a great episode. They dove really pretty deeply into human design. We're going to touch on it here to, to kind of wrap the podcast up today. But if you really want to dive into it a little bit more, go listen to that episode uh, at Chronically Healing Podcast. They had so much fun. <laughs> um, but anyways, what I was getting to there was you connected and you saw this part of me and and you just kind of laughed because you're like, oh, like that makes sense for him. And this to me is like the, the work that I'm doing with people, but then also you and human design we, I feel like are, are giving people those tools. It was, this is how you find that life for yourself. This is how you, cause truly at the end of the day, it's getting back to you. That's, that's all it is, is getting back to you. Yes. There's, there's mindset stuff and, and a lot of tactics and stuff around that, but really, truly at the end of the day, it's getting back to you and finding any way that makes sense to you if human design makes sense to you and this, it sounds super interesting and I think it will after we talk for the next few minutes, but (laughs) like if it's that, if it's something else, if it's astrology, if it's like, it just, it truly doesn't matter what the thing is. We put so much emphasis on what we're, we're talking about or what we are resonating with. And it's so much less about the thing that makes us feel a certain way and just what it is that we're feeling (laughs) and just running with that. So um, I'm curious if you want to, I can kind of leave this open to you in terms of um, any way that you want to talk a little bit more in depth about human design. If you want to dig into to me and talk a little bit about my manifesting generator, if you've got questions for me, um, 
you know, feel free. I'm kind of open to, to what you want to share about this. Yeah. Oh, well, this is so fun. And that's what I'll say. Like the number one thing about human design is that it's just fun and it's just the tool. There are so many tools that we have to find ourselves. So you're so right. Don't get caught up in, um, in which tool you use. Just do something, do anything. Yep. (laughs) Um, if, if you are, if you are like what's going on with human design, it's basically, it's a system, um, that marries, astrology, the I Ching, um, the chakra system and Kabbalah. And as I said, like it creates this natal chart for you or birth chart that's based on your exact time of birth and place. Um, and there's not, it's not a personality test. Like there is nothing else that you need to do. Um, it's basically just the idea that your soul came uh, to this earth at a very specific time and embodied a unique set of gifts and qualities and also some lessons that it came here to learn. Um, and the biggest thing about human design is that everyone has an energy type. So kind of like you would hear about your sun sign in astrology. Um, and everyone knows what sun sign they are, right? Like I'm a Libra and, um, there's energy types. So there's five different types. And we talked a little bit about your energy type manifesting generator. Um, those are kind of the real like firecrackers who have the biggest engine, lots of energy, like always here and there doing what they love, bouncing around from thing to thing. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's kind of like an intense, confusing energy, right? And it's definitely not a linear energy. Um, but for them, anything in life is basically a gift and a teaching, or it's a lesson. And so you really can't go wrong there. You're either going in the right direction or you've gone in the wrong direction, but you really learned something for it that you needed to learn for your path, which it sounds like you have a number of those experiences. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There are also, I'll just quickly go over the rest of the types. Um, Anybody that wants to look them up, you can actually go look up your own chart on mybodygraph.com. Um, it's free. It's just those three things. As I said, the chart's going to look crazy. You're not going to know what it is, but you will be able to find your energy type, which is the most important thing. Um, so there's also generators, which Jesse is a generator. Um, and there are those people that have a really just like lovely, warm, enveloping aura. Um, and they're also here to do what they love, but for them, it does look a little more linear. Um, and a little more stable. And for them, their challenge really lies in um, not trying to please others all the time and not falling into the trap of of thinking that they need to be working hard and pushing themselves all the time Um, because they also have a really big engine and kind of a propensity to overwork themselves and be a little unforgiving. manifestors are the third type. Those are those like kind of powerful leader types that you think of. They're a little less common. Um, and they have a, almost like a polarizing energy because people are meant to either get on the train with them and go forth on their journey or get off. And, you know, that's something too that many people find challenging to work with and fall into these people pleasing tendencies. 
Um, but manifestors are definitely not here to people, please. They're here to blaze their own trails. Then there's also two other types that are what they call non-energy types. And that is projectors, which I am. Um, they're people who kind of see things differently. Um, they're really here to be like the guides for the tribe. Um, and they have this energy that really needs to be invited in. People kind of need to recognize them for their special gifts. Um, and for that to happen, what they need to do is actually recognize themselves, which is so, so hard, right? So that's kind of their life's work. And then reflectors, which are only 1% of the population, they are very, very special souls. Um, and they kind of just mirror back what's going on in society. So they have this like very like chameleonic quality to them. And their wisdom comes in really deeply feeling into the people and the scenarios that they find themselves in. Very, very sensitive people. And so they can think that, you know, that's not a strength, but for them, that's actually their greatest strength. So that's just like human design 101 high level. It's, it's what I heard when I first got into human design, right? And there was something that just resonated with me about it. I heard about the type and I was just like, that's me. So I'm hopeful that, you know, someone else will have that experience and maybe give themselves the permission to live as they truly are. Thank you for giving us the rundown there. To go back to my example, to me the power in something like human design is exactly what you said of like, okay, your type manifesting generator, your path is going to be anything but linear. And you know what? If you had told me that 10 years ago, that would have saved me a hell of a lot of stress. (laughs) And, and so that's really, to me, it's just creating more awareness around what your path is meant to look like. And once you know those things, to me, it's being able to resist less, fall into a state of flow with the way that your path is meant to play out, the way that your journey, your adventure is meant to to be and to look like. So much of our struggles come from resisting. And and worrying that we're doing the wrong things or worrying that the wrong things are happening, worrying that we're in the wrong place in our life with the wrong person at the wrong job. And I was kind of like nodding and um, just like smiling when you were talking about how everything for my type is either a gift or a lesson. It's just so funny because that is absolutely how I look at my life. And I didn't always, but, but being able to look at my life that way has changed me in so many ways, like my complete wellness, physical, mental, emotional, all of these things have drastically improved in my life since I've been able to lessen my resistance to just kind of have a little bit more ease in my life, but also to look at things either as as a gift or a lesson. And so I think for anybody having human design and having 
just again, like you said, it's a tool, right? Like having a tool to be there and be like, this is, this is like a, a foundational part of who you are, or this is what your journey is going to look like. This is going to be your main life's challenge. If somebody's going to tell you that somebody or something is going to tell you that up front, that saves a lot of time, a lot of energy. <laughs> and exactly back to what we've been talking about for this whole conversation is it allows you to get back to yourself sooner rather than later. And it does so in a way that feels good to me. One of the things that I've felt throughout my life and I've noticed this with my wife as well. And one of the things that really, you know, I see with clients all the time is that we simply weren't given permission or we didn't feel like we were given permission to be who we truly are. And I think that that is truly one of the most detrimental things that we can experience in our life to not feel supported, to not feel encouraged, to not feel all of that good energy, that permission to be who we are. So if you have a tool like human design, why wouldn't you use it? You know, like get back to it, get back to yourself and, and start giving your permit yourself permission to live in the way that you were meant to back to what we talked about at the very beginning of how we found you Jesse and I did this human design course online and that was, it was just like a really fun thing to do together. Like as we're going through it, because we know each other so well at this point, we know each other's like everything, like what we struggle with, what we're good at, what we're not good at, all those things. So like as we're going through and we're learning about, you know, even more in depth than our our energy types, the the things that you would be able to, to help people with we're just laughing and like making fun of each other because we're seeing all these things reflected in that. And like we were even able to have conversations around why this was so beneficial. It it opened doors to, Oh, Hey, yeah. Like I've noticed you've really struggled with that before. That's so funny that it says that like, and, and then it can kind of give you, give a suggestion of, this is something that you should start to do more. This is something you should focus on or let go of this, do more of that. And it just makes so much sense. Um, so just from our personal experience, it was really cool to do that together, but totally something you should look into for yourself because, and especially if you feel a little boxed in in your life and like you don't have that space to really flourish and be who you who you know you are, even if you don't know all the parts of that, but you can feel it wanting to come out because so many of us do, we feel that. We may not know exactly what it looks like, but we know that it's wanting to happen. Human design is is an awesome tool for that. It really is. And it's just the beginning, like you said. It, you know, It's just the start and then it gives you so much to go off of probably a million journal prompts are going to come out of your human design reading session. (laughs) Oh, so good. Well, this has been so, so much fun. I have one little final segment for us to do called the visionary hat trick. I truly believe that we're all visionaries. We all have something to offer the world and 
as we've talked about for the entire conversation, it's really just getting back to ourselves, getting back to that thing that we've covered up, that light that we all have within us so that we can shine out. Um, so these questions are just kind of fun. Um, zooming, zooming out a little bit as we go. Ready for it? I'm ready. All right. Um, the first one is, what's a belief that you have currently that you may worry others will will judge you for or you'll just be like sounding straight up crazy oh that's the easiest question of all it's human design (laughs) of course (laughs) (laughs) like you said yeah in the beginning it's um yeah a lot of us aren't super comfortable with these things that are a little more woo-woo and human design definitely fits in that category but like i said it's really for everyone. There's nothing spiritual about finding yourself. It's just a thing that we all need to make the time for. Second question then is for you and your personal vision and mission going forwards, what does that look and feel like? Mm, Great question. So as I've been saying this whole podcast, human design is just the tool, right? This to me is so much bigger than human design. Um, It's about helping people get back to themselves, helping people ignite dormant creativity. As I mentioned, like that's very, very important part of my process and something I work with people on too. Um, Getting through emotional blocks, helping them just get past all the conditioning that they've picked up in the world. Um, The work really leads itself to community, and it's something that I really enjoy. Um, It creates this really great container for discussion, Um, and so I've started doing some workshops around it, and I just can't wait to see where that leads. Mm, So good. Uh, Zooming all the way out then, what is your hope for humanity? Wow. (laughs) Well, other than getting through (laughs) COVID-19, it's got to be equality for me. Um, Equal opportunity, equal treatment for everyone on this earth. I think that's something that our country and this world is really struggling with right now. And equal treatment for people who show up as they truly are. It's one thing to ask that people all show up and fit a certain mold and then they can be treated equally. But it's another thing to let people bring in their culture and their upbringing and just their unique way of being and then see that and treat them with the equal respect that you would anyone else. That is a whole nother level and we're not there yet, but that's definitely my hope. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I oh, truly, truly agree with you on that. And really, I think it kind of just comes back to humanity, right? Like we were talking about that kind of throughout and just understanding that we're, we're all the same. Like we're, we're all the same. We have so many more things in common than we tend to believe and it's just kind of like slowly chipping away. And I think to, to really tie all this together, I truly believe that the first step to doing that is being true to yourself, 
you have to understand who you are and see all these parts about yourself and be able to authentically live as yourself before you can really, truly, I mean, we can always, always be extending each other more compassion and have less judgment in the way that we're living. But to really, really do that and open ourselves up to it. I, from what I've seen in my personal journey and my work and the people that I talk to and have the, you know, the opportunity to talk with on this podcast, it's all the same as like doing your personal work first and getting back to yourself really, really opens you up to your connection with, with others. So I, I've just had so much fun, Graciela. Thank you so, so much. Uh, where can people find you? And especially if they want to dive a little bit deeper, like you said, the human design charts, while I love it, like they, they look so cool. It's so fun. Like the, the whole graphic nature of it, but um, yes, t- tons of stuff and lots of things to, to kind of dive into from there. So if people want to do that and explore that a little bit more with you, how can they get to you? Sure. Um, and I had so much fun too. So thank you for this. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram um, at Graciela A. Razor. Uh, I'll spell that out because it's a bit of a doozy. It's at G-R-A-C-I-E-L-A-A-R-A-S-O-R. And at my website, that's where you can book a reading with me. And that's GracielaRazor.com. No A in the website. Um, and, you know, just check out also like the workshops and all the creativity boosting things that I have going on there too. And honestly, if you're just like, what the heck is human design? Just shoot me a DM and we can get into it together because I just love bringing people into this work. Thank you so, so much, guys. Definitely do it. Check her out. I will have all the links below so you can easily go to those. Graciela, again, thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, yo. Thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community. Where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.